Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Pastor Scott at info at novationchurch.org. KLTT and KLTT HD, Commerce City, Denver. You're tuned to AM670, streaming worldwide at 670kltt.com. And now FM at 95.1. Welcome to the Good News with Angie Austin. Now, with the Good News, here's Angie. Hey there, friend. Angie Austin here with the Good News. We are speaking with author Michelle Howe, and we are talking about serving as Jesus served, practical ways to love others. What a wonderful title for a book. Welcome, Michelle. Oh, it's so good to be here, Angie. All right. So tell us a little bit about, um, just kind of give us an overview if someone said, what's your book about? Well, Serving as Jesus Served, as the title suggests, is all about practical ways that God puts right in front of our path, step by step, every hour of every day, where if we have eyes to see, we can find practical, inspirational, encouraging, whatever God has placed before us, ways to serve others that will make a positive difference in their life. But it all starts with our heart attitude, doesn't it? I mean, if we're not proactive, if we're not sensitive to the Holy Spirit's promptings, we often don't have eyes to see all those opportunities that are really around us all day, every day. So this book just kind of helps people, like as a resource guide, to help you hone in on all the different chances that you have to make an eternal difference in the lives of your family, your friends, neighbors, coworkers, people at church, whatever. But it really is comprehensive in that it helps people Look for, you know, intermit, I'm so sorry, inside their hearts to see what's really going on and if they have a servant-minded heart, and then will they obey? So it's very, you know, overall a picture of what does it look like to serve as Jesus served. I love this. I love this. And Michelle has a cold, so if you have to get a drink while I ask this question, Michelle, go ahead and drink a little water. I told her, um, even with a cold, we want to share your message um, from your book, Serving as Jesus Served, Practical Ways to Love Others. Now, in the book, she talks about serving others with our God-given gifts. And I remember um, uh, speaking to uh, Michael. Gosh, I just followed him last night. He's a comedian, and he said he's a Christian comedian. And he said... um, Angie, it is not a gift from God until you give it away. And he said that, you know, doing his uh, comedy, uh, that it he, it felt like a gift, um, a Michael Jr. And if you look listen to his comedy, um, Michael Jr. comedy, he is clean, he is Christian, and he said something really interesting um, in this clip I was watching last night, and it was, a, it was advice to Christian women dating, and I thought, boy, I wish I knew this when I was dating in L.A., 
<clears throat> I did a Christian website, so they knew I was a Christian. But he said, Christian women, don't tell a man you're a Christian. Go on the date and listen to the first five topics he brings up. He said, I would even do three. But give him five. So he brings up maybe his car, his job, his mom, his friends, what he likes to do. Well, if he doesn't bring up God in those first five topics, then <clears throat> he's probably not a Christian. But if you tell him you're a Christian, he's going to maybe tell you what you want to hear. Now, um, when Michael told me that it's not a gift... Um, from God, you know, your God-given gift until you give it away. You say um, serving others with our God-given gifts. Like, what if people don't know what it is or don't know how to use their gift um, to serve God? You explain that principle in the book. Will you tell us? Yes. And by the way, I love his advice. What great advice. It, I agree. Not even tell someone you're a believer. I Oh, wow, that was that's terrific. I'm going to remember that and share that with other singles. Me too. Um, yeah, I think in the yeah, in the Christian world, I think we often make trying to discover our giftedness or when, what talents the Lord has given us way too complicated. And I think, really, you start out with prayer. You ask the Lord, listen, I, I really, maybe I'm a little confused about where my strengths and weaknesses are. Where am I gifted? Please guide me. Go to your church fellowship, your leadership. There are so many different places where you need to be serving and there are opportunities available. And often we don't find the right fit until we jump in. And maybe the first time that you serve, the first position you take as a volunteer, perhaps it's working with children if you love children, or perhaps you're an extrovert and you love people. Well, then you can be a greeter. You can go to a hospice or, or the hospital oh, and yeah. minister to those who are sick or who are dying. All these practical ways. But one clue is your family members, your friends, the people who know you best, perhaps it is your church leadership, will watch you in action. And they can commend and affirm you when you found your, your sweet spot. And I have found that over and over and over. You know, someone's helping in the nursery. They're so good with babies. And not everyone is good with infants. We know that. But, you know, someone says, you are so patient, you're so good, you da, 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 da. and you kind of go, wow, you know, maybe I have the gift of health, the gift of serving, whatever. It doesn't matter. Or if you're teaching a class to women and someone says, oh, I just have learned so much, you're getting hints along the way. But I think the important thing is, is that we have a heart that is postured to serve every day and to realize that once we become born-again believers, the Holy Spirit has given every one of us at least one gift. And if we do not use it in our local body, we handicap our local body because it's all meant to work together in concert together, the hands, the feet, every part of our body. So people don't have the excuse to say, well, I'm timid or I'm not sure. Well, we all feel that way at times, but the Holy Spirit infuses us with his wisdom, strength and ability so that we can go out and be the hands and feet of Christ to everyone. Oh, I love, I love that. I'm so glad I got you on the show. Your mes message just really um, resonates to me. Uh, you write about something I've told my kids that's often very hard to do. And I remember hearing Joyce Meyer talking about sometimes you have to be kind to someone for a really long time before they're kind back. And her dad had, throughout mm. her childhood, sexually assaulted her, you know, throughout her entire childhood. And she had to forgive him, take care of him, and ultimately 
he was led to being saved, which to me was mind blowing. The mom had said to her, your dad wants to talk to you. And she kind of knew like this might be the time. Well, you write that being a true servant means offering kindness and mercy to those who don't deserve it. How do we do this? Well, it's hard, as you just said. It's hard with the example you just gave. But I'm reminded of in Colossians 3, where it says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other. Forgive one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. From this passage in Colossians, we are not given a choice about how we treat others, even those who we think are enemies, who have rejected us, who have hurt us, who have injured us. It doesn't matter. In, In God's economy, he gives us the grace through the Holy Spirit to supernaturally forgive. Now, do we put ourselves in a situation where we could be harmed again? No, 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 no. But we, from our heart, are set free when we obey God and we forgive. And we all have to be honest. Aren't we all hard people at times? I know I am. And I'm sure my husband would say, wow, (laughs) this is not a good day for you, is it? And I'm like, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Bad attitude, whatever. But I'm thinking Jesus died on the cross for us when we were yet his enemies. And with that example, in the forefront of our, our mind, we need to remember no matter what anyone does to us, pales in comparison to what we did to Christ. And I think if we have the right mindset, then it's much easier to say, okay, Lord, this is a struggle for me. This is killing me. But by faith, I will forgive this person and I will treat them with dignity and respect and kindness and compassion as you enable me to do so. And he does. And then guess who gets set free? We do. And hopefully the person on the receiving end will say, they already know what they did or how they treat you. They know. They know in their own heart and minds. But when you can love them, what a witness and uh, just of Jesus' unconditional love toward them, which in Joyce Meyer's, you know, you know, um, situation, her father came to Christ. Wow. Yes. A miracle. I know. Are you kidding me? I mean, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Truly amazing. All right. Um, I want to talk about, uh, <clears throat> because we're getting low on time, but I want to have you back. I think you're fantastic. Uh, your book is designed to engage your audience oh. in practical exercises. What do you want your readers to take away from the book? Well, this book is set up in a way to be not only instructional, but very practical. So I ask readers, read one chapter a week. Don't zip through it. It's it's a book that you need to savor. One chapter a week. And the chapters are short, mm-hmm. but they have takeaways every day. So Monday through Sunday, there'll be a short takeaway, which cements the biblical principle into your heart, your mind, and into your life. And I, the more you do it, the more being other-oriented, selfless, self-forgetful becomes part of who you are and you're more conditioned because you're doing it every day to look for the needs of those around you and to trust that the God will meet your needs and you can be self-forgetful because you're confident because he has said in Philippians 4.19, I will supply all your needs, not 80, 89, 99%, but 100% of my needs today, the Lord promises 
to supply so then I can go out and serve others, you know, in a big way because I'm, I can rest in the confidence of what God's word tells me about my faithful heavenly father. Well, I know you've written more than two dozen books and over 2,500 articles, and you talk about parenting and women's issues and empty nesting and caregiving, um, grief. I mean, so many topics that really fit in with the good news and the message, you know, of the Bible. And I just want to make sure people can find you. Uh, Give us your website. Yes, it's michellehow.wordpress.com. And I'm on all social media, too. If anybody just types in my name, they'll find me. And I love to correspond with listeners and readers. So please do get in touch with me. I love it. All right, Michelle, just uh, such a pleasure, Michelle Howe, to have you on the program. And uh, I I have a feeling we're going to be hearing more from you. I'd love to have you on once a month or whatever your uh, schedule will allow, because um, your your message really resonates with us. I have so many regulars on the program, and it's funny, Michelle, I'll interview someone like you, and my brain will just click, and I'm like, okay, there she is. Michelle is going to be a regular Oh, you're so sweet, and I would love to be on your show again. You're just, you're wonderful, Angie. Thank you. Well, I, um, I'm looking forward to sharing different topics, and thank you so much for joining us on The Good News. All right, well, changing gears a little, you know I love that website, Mark and Angel, and they have, they put this out this week, I kind of keep an eye on, you know, their articles, four daily habits that keep holding the best of us back, and that's you and me, right? The best of us back. We don't want to be held back. So let's start with number one. We weigh ourselves down with unhelpful and stressful thoughts. 20 years ago, when Mark and I, this is obviously Angel talking, when Mark and I were undergrads in college, our psych professor taught us a lesson we've never forgotten. On the last day of class before graduation, she walked up on stage to teach one final lesson, which she called, quote, a vital lesson on the power of perspective and mindset. As she raised a glass of water over her head, everyone expected her to mention the typical glass half empty or glass half full metaphor. Instead, with a smile on her face, our professor asked, how heavy is this glass of water that I am holding? Well, students shouted out answers ranging from a couple of ounces to a couple of pounds. After a few moments of fielding answers and nodding her head, she replied, from my perspective, The absolute weight of this glass is irrelevant. It depends on how long I hold it. If I hold it for a minute or two, it's fairly light. If I hold it for an hour straight, its weight might make my arm ache. If I hold it for a day straight, my arm will likely cramp up and completely feel numb and paralyzed, forcing me to drop the glass on the floor. In each case, the absolute weight of the glass doesn't change, but the longer I hold it, the heavier it feels to me. All right, so... I am going to finish this when we come back. I'll take a little break. I'm Angie Austin with the good news. We'll be right back. Arc Thrift needs your small furniture and electronics donations now. You can donate that end table or folding chair you've been meaning to find a new home for. Smaller sized furniture that can fit in your trunk and home goods like blenders and air fryers are items that Arc badly needs right now. They make it easy by unloading your car, and your donations help people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, the primary mission of ARC Thrift. ARC has high demand for small electronics like speakers, soundbars, Bluetooth speakers, and turntables. And once you donate, you can shop in the stores for your own treasured finds. Each ARC Thrift location has over 5,000 new items every day. So there is always something new and exciting. 
Every ARC thrift store keeps their shelves fresh with new merchandise, so each new purchase will be special to you. ARC's donation centers are open from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Saturday. Sunday donation hours are available as well. To find the nearest ARC Thrift Donation Center, go to arcthrift.com slash donations. Deer Trail is listening to KLTT, the mighty 670. Welcome back to the good news. All right, let's continue the story. Okay, I'm on the Market Angel website, and I saw something really cool, and this is four daily habits that keep holding the best of us back. When Mark and Angel graduated, their psych professor came up and stood in front of the graduating class, held up um, a glass that was half empty, and they thought the final lesson from their psych teacher, psychology teacher, would be, um, glasses, do you see the glass half empty or half full? And that, no, that wasn't it, because this is about perspective. So she said, it doesn't feel that heavy if I hold it just for a few seconds. If I hold it for a long time or a day or two, my arm's going to feel numb and I'm going to drop the glass. And she said, think about how this relates to your life. And it has to do with the weight of burdens that we put on ourselves and worry about. And as Christians... um, you know, we're not supposed to worry is a sin. We're not supposed to hang on to all of these burdens. And so um, she said, the glass weight doesn't change that's half full, but the longer I hold it, the heavier it feels to me. So she said, your worries, your frustrations, your disappointments, your stressful thoughts, and I have a friend like this, she'll stay up all night long stressing out. Your stressful thoughts are very much like this glass of water. Think about them for a little while and nothing drastic happens. Think about them a bit longer and you feel to, you begin to feel noticeable pain, discomfort, you know, um, sadness, stress, anxiety. Think about them all day long and you'll feel completely numb and paralyzed, incapable of doing anything else until you drop them and think about how that relates to your life. And obviously, if you've been struggling, you know, to cope with things in your mind, um, you need to put it down. You need to put that figurative glass down. You need to let go and let God. I like that message. I thought that was good. Um, All right. Number two, we suffocate too many things that need to breathe. Uh, First of all, we don't breathe enough. I noticed the volleyball team the other day stopped when they were really in a close game on the last set, and they all were breathing. And Mark goes, look, they're doing breathing exercises. I'm I'm just like NFL football players, you know, or quarterbacks. They're just trying to calm their mind. Uh, There's peace in just letting your lungs breathe and letting things go uh, and not having to control them. I think that's the most important thing there. A lot of this is just like, Letting things go as we're supposed to do as Christians and not live in that world of stress and fear and anxiety that can be so paralyzing to all of us. You know what I mean? And so I just think this is a good wake up call for, you know, a healthy mindset, uh, you know, so that we can kind of enjoy our lives and not focus on so much of the, the negativity um, and I, again, Mark and Angel, I really love, uh, you know, checking out their site. They have more, but they're all kind of similar, you know, um, in terms of quality of your life. And this isn't a Christian website per se, but I always try to then, you know, twist it to twist it, um, adjust it to our way of thinking, right? Because generally you can make all of us relate to Christianity, um, <laughs> well, I like the last one, though. We say yes when we're thinking no. That I remember Oprah saying this once, um, that 
You just have to learn to say no to some of these commitments and obligations that you know are going to stress you out. You know, somebody asked me the other day if I wanted to do a speaking engagement in Fort Collins. And don't get me wrong, I do want to do free speaking engagements and help out nonprofits and do this and that. But I've got three teenagers, five pets, a husband, a mom in her 80s, and this radio show, and friends. And so driving that far to, it's a whole day long, you know, um, event. And so I really don't have the time. So I said no right away. I didn't even, you know, yeah, it didn't even, <laughs> it didn't even face me. All right. Well, changing gears, we have a guest joining us and we're talking about saving lives, specifically from opioid overdoses. Overdoses have emerged as the leading cause of unintentional death in the U.S. with opioids involved in a staggering 77% of these in- incidents. And it can happen anywhere, not just in the streets. Uh, I, we've talked about it in the news and we've talked about it in the show. It happened at uh, a school recently. It can happen in the workplace, too. Well, joining us is Lorraine Martin, president and CEO of the National Safety Council. Welcome, Lorraine. Oh, thank you, Angie. All right. So let's just get started. Let's get right into it. Um, tell us about your mission at the uh, National Safety Council. Well, thank you. And the National Safety Council is here literally to save lives from the workplace to any place. And we've been doing so for about 110 years. We're a nonprofit organization that looks at the data and we're always looking to see what is causing people to get injured or lose their life and what can we do to prevent that. And that's really the focus of our mission, both in the workplace and in the roadway or any place in between. So we support uh, workers all across the nation and employers to make sure that people go home at night in the same condition they came in. You know, um, I, I, like I mentioned, as I was introducing you, um, we, ha- we have one friend specifically that for the last four years has been in a wheelchair and kind of regaining her abilities to speak, et cetera, but still in that chair because she thought she was taking, I believe, a quaalude or something that a friend when she was a freshman gave her from the, from her locker. And here we are, you know, four years later, and she's not, quote unquote, recovered, uh, but did survive. So if it's workplace or even, I mean, I, I think this would be a great program for school too, but I'm sure controversial because no one wants to think their kids are doing any of this. But for work, um, let's talk about that respond-ready workplace. Um, can you explain it to us? Yeah, and thank you. Overdoses can happen anywhere. And you just listed a couple of the, the locations that we have other people around us and we do need to make sure that we need to have the skills and the tools to address an emergency that's happening. And uh, there are overdoses happening in the workplace. About 9% of all deaths that happen at workplaces now are overdoses across oh the nation. Goodness. And in the state, it's as high as 20% um, of the workplace deaths are from overdoses. So it's a place we have to take action, and we can take action. And that's why we have launched this Respond Ready Workplace program that basically raises awareness around the issue of how how much of a, at risk our, our, our colleagues and our Uh, loved ones are, um, and that we can do something about it, especially when we're in that sort of emergency situation where someone is overdosing. And right now, there's now available over-the-counter a drug called naloxone, that's the generic name for it, that literally can be applied like other kinds of first aid emergency um, activities to save a person's life. And workplaces can be not only a place to ensure that if someone is having that emergency at work, that they're prepared and trained and they have the medicine on hand, but also they learn those skills. Their employees learn those skills. They get that awareness. And as you said, there's so much education we still need to do. They take it home and they take it home not only to their family members, but maybe for their school children or their kid at college 
and they say, I want to have naloxone, you know, on hand just in case, and I want to get you trained. So by, by raising the awareness at workplaces and helping them put these programs for emergency response in place, we're actually a force multiplier all the way through to the community. Now, I had no idea that naloxone was uh, available over the counter. In, in terms of it administer, you just mentioned training. So how easy is it to administer? It is very easy to administer. So thank you for asking about that. I was just recently uh, at Capitol Hill, and we did a training for about 100 staffers and some of the members. Uh, very, very easy. 20, 10 to 20 minutes uh, typically as, as part of a first aid training or even separately. Um, it's basically a, a nasal spray that you spray into someone's nose. Um, you, it, oftentimes there's more than one dose in case that's needed. Um, and the best part about it, not only is it easy, you can't hurt somebody. So whether they're having an overdose or you've misdiagnosed them, you can't hurt them. So there's no reason to hesitate if you have been trained on the signs and you see the signs and you, and you take action. The other thing I'll share that the states across the U.S. have good Samaritan laws that cover nearly every state that says, even if you haven't been trained, if it's available to you and you're doing the right thing to save someone's life, just like with AEDs and other kinds of first aid, you're covered under the Good Samaritan laws. And let's say that you've administered the naloxone. One of my kids is a is a um, lifeguard, and she saved a kid this um, this summer. So not not with naloxone, but let's say you administered the naloxone and you were doing CPR. It doesn't cause any damage to the person that's administered it and that somehow is going to come in contact with it. I know that if, if there was fentanyl involved, that could harm the person. But if they were giving mouth-to-mouth trying to get the person on naloxone to start breathing again, would it harm them? Or does it just make them start breathing again immediately? It, it makes them start breathing, yes. Yeah. Um, the naloxone itself can, can't harm either the person you give it to or the administrator. Um, there are other issues, as you've said, regarding fentanyl being um, in places, and we've seen some horrific stories recently yes. of children coming into contact with it. Um, so those are all dangers that you need to be aware of and make sure that uh, you understand that. But the naloxone itself, the, the reversal medication, um, will not hurt you or the other person. Well, speaking of that horrible story, the little boy that came into contact with it at a daycare center, it's been all over the news. Is this also something you can administer to children? Yeah, I think it was actually used, um, if I remember the story there. Um, I am not a doctor, so yes, I don't okay. want to go too far to see that, but the dosage that, that is available um, is is available, I think, to use for any any person. Yeah. I w- okay. So it's good to know that it can be used too. Like if you know, there's a teenager or grade school kid that you come into contact with, and I I know that the police officers seem to be carrying it because we see so many videos of them administering it in their workplace, which is oftentimes the streets. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, these, the, you know, the program, the Respond Ready Workplace, and how employers can actually what they can do to, to develop um, recovery ready policies and, and you know really get prepared for this um, you know potential issue in the workplace? Yeah, the first thing I'd ask employers to do is to have the dialogue, start talking about this, uh, start finding ways to include this as just part of how you're prepared for an emergency, because this is just another emergency that could happen in your workplace. Um, and then make sure that you get the, the, the medicine in your first aid kit or wherever it's appropriate to put it and get your training. Um, and all of that can be done fairly fairly easily and, and, and with little with not a lot of cost, which is really important for a lot of businesses. Yes, but yeah. You want to be able to save a person who's having an emergency, whatever it is, a heart attack or an overdose, whatever it is, if you can have those skills, you want to have them on the spot. But workplaces also can go a little bit further than that, and they can make sure that they 
are having programs in their workplaces that support mental health treatment, substance use, uh, substance use programs through their health care, making sure they, that they have good, well-rounded employee assistance programs for someone who is struggling with substance use to make sure that you're reaching out to them before you get to the emergency situation and giving them the support that they need. A lot of workplaces are definitely leaning into that, especially uh, since the pandemic and some of the stresses that everyone has been on. But on top of that, it's also important to make sure that you have a workplace that invites those folks that are in recovery back to having a job and back to being in the workplace. So those are called recovery-friendly or recovery-ready uh, policies mm -hmm. and making sure that you address that as well. Um, workers in recovery actually have better attendance records than the average employee. Um, oh, wow. And we know, yeah, we, we have lots of data on that, and we know that, you know, there's a lot of um, – you know, workplace challenges of getting the right employees in and uh, any kind of turnover and replacement costs are really high. So if you've got a good employee, you can get them the support that they need and make sure that they come back into your workplace um, um, so that they can have a job and that you can have an amazing, productive employee. All right, Lorraine, I want to make sure people can get the info on the on NSC program, Respond Ready Workplace, et cetera. Where do they go for more info? They can go to nsc.org backslash respond ready for all those tools. And if you need any other safety help, you can just come to nsc.org workplace. nsc.org. And keep that in mind. That's National Safety Council. So nsc.org. Thank you so much, Lorraine. Thank you, Andy. Thank you for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin on AM 670 KLTT. The preceding program is sponsored by The Good News with Angie Austin. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver, broadcasting in HD digital radio and online at 670KLTT.com. What is the grace of God? Imagine a father who finds out that his son has been killed. He tracks down the murderer and kills him. We'd call that vengeance. Imagine instead that the boy's father calls the police and the guilty party is arrested, tried, convicted, and punished. We'd call that justice. But say that the father pleads with the judge for the guilty man's life to be spared. We'd call that mercy. Now imagine that the father takes his son's murderer into his own home, adopts him, and loves him as his own son. It seems unthinkable, but that's exactly what God has done for us. It's called grace. Paul talks about that kind of grace in Romans 5. For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? I'm Nancy DeMoss-Wagamuth from Revive Our Hearts for OneCry.com. The Word. Alive and active. KLTT 670 The Truth. Good news, good news, good news. Welcome to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. Roger Marsh here, or I should say welcome back to this edition of the Bottom Line Show. It's Good News Friday. And you know what's interesting? I, I'm not going to lie. If I look at the news headlines, whether it be on mainstream legacy media or Christian media, uh, what I see more often than not is bad news or stuff that's happening locally or what do you think of this election or 
what do you think of this headline? Or, you know, let's get your opinion because your opinion matters.